Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. I'm so happy to be with you always, live. Um, If uh, we run an encore, which we had to yesterday, don't ever worry about it. Just something is up and I wasn't able to make it live. Everything is 100% terrific, except the world and except what's going on in the church. But the church, the church our Lord established, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, will um, never falter, will never fail, will last until the end of time, until the end of everything. God has invented time for us, but once we're out of time, there's eternity. And that is the only church that God established on this earth through which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, said um, uh, Luke wrote that. Um, Peter wrote it. Luke uh, recorded Peter's words in the book of Acts, chapter 4. There's no other name under heaven by which we must, not we may, but we must, M-U-S-T, be saved than Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the head of his church. It is one body. We are his members. If we are baptized into Christ, into his church, in a state of grace, we are his members. If we are baptized into Christ in his church and have turned from him, we are yet members of his body. But if we don't repent prior to our death, we will be members of Christ in hell. Yes, there are children of God in hell. Yes, yes, yes. Priests and bishops and religious and lay people, uh, everyone occupies heaven and hell. Um, um well, uh, yes. So, um, what do we say? What if you're another religion? Well, uh, if you're another religion, uh, let me just say this is a good thing because God has put the knowledge of himself, Romans chapter 1, within every single heart so that there is not a soul who is without excuse. The heavens declare the glory of God. His invisible attributes have see, are seen through what... Um, He has made and he has put the knowledge of him in our hearts at creation. So we are without excuse. Sin has covered it. And if we haven't repented and continue a life of sin, then we have so many scabs over our conscience that we even wind up denying God or exchanging him, as Romans 1 says, for four-footed creatures and every other atrocity. Um, But we are God's children. He has not made a million races. There is one race, the human race. That is what God has created. People have asked me what this critical race theory is and what I think of it. And I'm going to tell you, I might be particularly dull in this area, but I haven't been able to figure it out. I ask, I read, I ask people. Um, what is it? And someone says it's uh, uh, 
an attempt to abolish white supremacy and and the anti-racism that's in this country and in the world. Uh, but I look at it, and it is... Um, it's not white versus black. It's white versus, one article said, um, it doesn't have to be the color black, because some are orange, some are brown, some are light brown, a mulatto, black. All You just have to think black. And to think black, it means non-white. It's an insanity. It's just an insanity. God has created the human race all over the world. We come in many colors many nationalities, many um, um, environments, all of that. But there's only one race, it's the human race, not the white race, not the black race, not the brown race. It is the human race that God created. And I'm, I, I can't tell you that I read so many articles, at least I've been trying to, to get this through my head. What is it? And what I think it is, I haven't read anywhere but it's my heart that says it is satan has tried to destroy the human race um he wants to be worshiped not god and he doesn't care if he's worshiped or not as long as god is not worshiped and he's been trying since the garden with adam and eve our first parents um who he succeeded with um trying to destroy god's people uh, through whom the Messiah would come, the Jewish people, and he failed at that, and he's just destroy. So he's trying to destroy the offspring, and every single he's gone mad. He just transgenderism, same sex, so called same sex marriage, um, every form of atrocity to destroy the people that God has made, every form of atrocity, and. I, I don't I, did, I lost count of how many articles I read on critical grace theory um, umpteen definitions of it. it 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 comes down to if you're white you're a racist you're a racist if you're white you're racist that's it we got to solve that one it's insane and my heart says it is the latest mindless um Oh, my goodness. Um, um, Guess, not guess, attack, mindless, based on nothing, based on uh, the fact that everyone has lost the sense of God and who they are. They don't know who they are. So they have to invent who other people are, and they're the victims. It's just awful. It's empty. It's mindless. There's no thought um, it is just a new way to rebel against what? I don't know. Well, what are you living for? Well, I'm living against these people. What are you against them? What are you here? What are you on earth? Don't you know who you are? I, I tell you, um, it's the most stupid and mindless attempt, uh, invention of the enemy in people's minds that... I've yet known, I, that I've yet known. And I've been looking for a decent article to share with you. Um, uh, and there, there are just so many. I don't, and I do have a question from someone uh, waiting for our second half hour on my thoughts on critical race theory. And I'm going to tell you uh, what it is right now. Um, um, 
oh, I can read you so many things, but let me just read a very good article by the very good and holy, intelligent Monsignor Charles Pope. He is outstanding. And in fact, the reason I found it is because I looked up on um, the search engine Monsignor Charles Pope and critical race theory because I know that he'd be sane. He would give us, and just yesterday, the article came out. He, he wrote this for the National Catholic Register online yesterday. So I'm going to read it to you. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, and uh, Monsignor Pope says, For most of us, this past 4th of July was a day to celebrate the founding principles of our nation and to reflect on the liberty that was given us by God and secured by the blood and sacrifices of so many. And I'll just take a little aside here to say that I read one article that said there was 100 people shot uh, across the nation on July 4th, but I read one yesterday said that over the weekend, 100 people alone were shot in Chicago alone, where the president finally visited, um, with 18 of them killed. It, unbelievable. It, it's just as if we're mad, as if we've lost our faculties, our ability to to love, to think, to survive. To It's just awful. It, it's not a fight to survive. It's a fight to kill ourselves. Monsignor says, for an increasing number of people, July 4th was just another opportunity to discredit our nation. They did so not by calling us to live up to its stated principles, which is a good and necessary effort, but by attacking the principles themselves and the people who rightly advance them. For example, Missouri Representative Cory Bush tweeted the following, quote, when they say the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they are referring to is for white people. This land is stolen, and black people still aren't free. It's And again, uh, they're speaking about when they say black, I don't know what article I read, they said it's, don't take that literally, you have to think black. And to think black, it means anybody that's not white. This is, it's just insanity. It, the United States, the people, they're just giving up. They don't know what else to do to prove to people that they need to be um, respected and cared for and everything given to them. It's, it's insane. National Public, Monsignor goes on, National Public Radio also issued a kind of apology for, listen to this, for reading the Declaration of Independence, a practice they have undertaken for more than 30 years, as a kind of barometer of the shifting political weather. What they once did with pride, they now did with shame, prefacing the reading with this disclaimer, which I will read to you as soon as we come back from the break. Beloved, it's just insane. And our second break... Um, we'll take your calls and your questions and your emails and the toll-free number. Um, you could have it ahead of time is one 5483 or email at mother at We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Podcasts of our network-produced shows are free for your listening pleasure at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Be uplifted in your faith and inspired to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on our iCatholic Radio mobile app. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. We are just at the beginning of an article that appeared uh, yesterday uh, the National Catholic Register online and it's by Monsignor Charles Pope and it's on this absolutely insane uh, critical race theory um, and he says critical race theory will not help America only selfless love of country can do that Um, And he says it's true that the United States has further progress to make, but abandoning our founding principles is no way to get there. Um, Let me continue from where uh, we left off now. Um, I'll I'll reread this statement. It's just insane. Um, He says that... um, uh, let me let me just back up one little paragraph. He said, but for an increasing number of people, July 4th was just another opportunity to discredit our nation. <clears throat> they did so not by calling us to live up to its stated principles, which is a good and necessary effort, but by attacking the principles themselves and the people who rightly advance them. And I'll just put a little aside there. 
the assessment of President Biden's first six months in office is as awful as maybe any president in history. I don't know that that statement is true, but it's a it's a disaster the first six months, and it's utterly ruining our country, abandoning the principles, abandoning its people, doing everything to cause them danger, and abandoning all that is right and good. It's it's an amazing, you know, uh, it, uh, he is our unelected president, um, but he is functioning as the president. And um, I knew no good would come of it, but I had no idea that the destruction that he's brought on our country and the world uh, would be what it is. And so um, uh, I'm thinking of President Trump, who called us to be America, make America great again, live up to our Constitution, to the Declaration of Independence, to our founding fathers, live up to our freedoms and respect those freedom by respecting one another and and being hardworking citizens and going back to life and family and value. And now we've let the enemy in and we're being destroyed left and right. Um, And I said at the beginning of the program, with all the definitions of critical race theory I've read and come across, I'm not the be-all or end-all authority on anything, certainly not on this, but... there's no two definitions that say the same thing. It's only that if you're white, you're racist, and we got to figure, we got to end that. It, it's insanity. It's mindless. It is an attempt where uh, I said before, uh, same-sex marriage, so-called. There's no such thing, um, and um, um, transgenderism and gender confusion and all of that. It's destroying the human race. Um, and it's not enough. It's not going fast enough. We're not vaccinating people fast enough. So now that we're going to have the lower level government employees knocking on our doors to help us to vaccinate. And I say to every one of you, don't you dare take that vaccination. Don't you be scared into it. It is anything but a vaccination. And it's killed over 4,000 people and ruined many. And if the first shot didn't do it, the second shot has. It's absolutely awful. Look on American Frontier Doctors and you will see the results of all this. These are doctors speaking out. It's just insane what has occurred. And so I, I think if people knew... They were inventing a bomb that would destroy them and backfire on them. They might think twice. But these people, um, critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, all of that, it's just insanity for the sake of insanity and making a show and having a purpose, which is no purpose. It's destroying their lives. Monsignor Charles Pope in this article says, for an increasing number of people, July 4th was just another opportunity to discredit our nation. They did so not by calling us to live up to its stated principles, which is a good and necessary effort, but by attacking the principles themselves and the people who rightly advance them. For example, 
Missouri Representative Cory Bush tweeted the following. This is unbelievable. This is a government representative. Quote, when they say the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this. The freedom they are referring to is for white people. It's insane, beloved. Is for white people. This land is stolen, and black people still are not free. And Monsignor goes on to say, National Public Radio also issued a kind of apology for reading the Declaration of Independence. You know what? In the early founding of this country, anyone who apologized for the Declaration of Independence might have been put in jail because anti-American. Terrible. They've read the Declaration of Independence um, uh, for more than 30 years as a kind of barometer of the shifting political weather, what they once did with pride, that is, to read the Declaration of Independence with pride, they now did with shame, prefacing the reading with this disclaimer. And I tell you, beloved, they are shackling themselves. They are imprisoning themselves. They're putting themselves down. They're making themselves of no account because they've lost God and have no idea who they are. And they have no idea who Christ died for. He didn't die for white people. He died for the human race that was plunged into sin by our first parents. The National Public Radio prefaced prefaced the reading of the Declaration of Independence with this statement, quote, Over the past 32 years, Morning Edition has broadcast a reading of the Declaration of Independence by the National Public Radio staff as a way of marking Independence Day. But after last summer's protests and our national reckoning on race, the words in the document land differently. It famously declares that all men are created equal, even though women enslaved people and indigenous Americans were not held as equal at the time, end quote. Beloved, God has made us equal. All men created equal. God has made us equal. It has nothing to do with intelligence or skin color or nationality, nothing. We are made in the image of God that is the human race he, can, uh, he created with a mind and a will and an ability to reason. This whole critical race theory um, effort, uh, destruction, um, is mindless. There's no thinking in it. There's no right there's thinking, but there's no right thinking. When somebody kills somebody else... Um, have they thought? They have, but they have misthought. They're, they're not of sound mind. Jesus on the cross said of those who yelled crucify him and who nailed him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, what do you mean they know not what they do? They knew. They yelled crucify him. They put the nails in him. They, they, of course they did. No, they didn't because sin blinds us. It makes us incapable of right thinking. And that's the current situation. They know not what their little children running wild without any um, thought that God has. They're not using the mind God has given them. They're not using the body God has given them. We are one race. 
the human race. And if there are problems within the human race, which there, there are and always have been because of sin, we need to work that out. But the only way to work that out is to know who you are. I mentioned that we had a, um, a small fire in our church here in Beloit, and um, it was contained to a stairwell, but the smoke filled the church and damaged everything. Damaged everything. They have to tear out the carpet, take off, tear down tons of things. It, 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 it could be months uh, before we're back in the church, and we're we're hoping it's weeks, but it 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 destroyed it destroyed everything, and the the, um, the it was done by two young girls, two young girls, not even teenagers yet, who were friends from two different families who are not practicing their faith or any faith, and the girls are just allowed to run wild. I don't know what they were doing, but in that stairwell. I don't know what their intention was. I haven't spoken to them. I don't know, but um, but they they um, they were found out right away, and they faced the priest, uh, Father Jarrett Conradi, uh, who is a most beautiful and holy man of God, and he said to them, there's no amount of insurance that can cover the loss of what was damaged in this, because these is a couple hundred years old, the church. It's magnificent, and there's some things that money can't replace. And he was looking at them, and he said for a moment to us in at Mass, he said, I, I didn't even know what to say. And then he said, all of a sudden, the thought filled his heart. And he said to the girls, you are worth more than that building. In other words, that building is irreplaceable. But you are worth more than that building. I, it's the most beautiful homily I've ever heard. I'm telling it again the second time, and I'm, I have goosebumps. You see? Why would they have done something like that? Because they don't know their worth. Because they think they're... I don't know if they think they're garbage, or I don't know what they think they are, but they don't know what love is. I, I can't judge their backgrounds or their families. I, I don't know anything about it. I know a little bit. Um, there's reasons for everything, but they don't know who they are. They don't know that they're loved. They don't know that if our Lord, um, if they were the only ones, this is his message to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, if they were the only ones who existed, they, God would have died for them alone. That's how much they're worth. And if you told it to them, they probably wouldn't understand it or even believe it. They probably would think you're just trying to say nice things. They are nice because they're true. And if any one of those uh, advocating this critical race theory um, knows who they are individually, knows their worth, knows that they are worth the death of the Son of God on the cross and his resurrection, and there's a whole life that they've never dreamt of waiting for them, if they only knew um, that they were loved, um, and if it was demonstrated to them, because it's not an intellectual fact, it's what God has poured out into our lives, but they are not able to receive it. That's the problem with all of this. It, it, people are desperate for identity. They're desperate for love. 
And if the only identity they can have is to say black lives matter and whites, if you're white, you're supremacists and you're racist, and we have to do away with that. Um, it, it's, it's idiocy. It's mindless. But it's a way to draw attention to yourself and get meaning. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814 676 1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is now our half hour together, and um, I love this time. Uh, Our lines are wide open. You're welcome to call with anything at all on your heart. It doesn't have to be what we're speaking of. I'll repeat my little phrase that um, I always say that the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So whatever the subject is, whatever the matter, um, I would be happy to take your call. And I I don't always have the answer but um, I can at least we can get a couple of references for you. Um, the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at We're going to begin with an email from Ed. <clears throat> and he says, Mother Miriam, I was wondering if you could please explain your views on Marxism and critical race theory. Um Well, we just spent the first half hour of the program beginning on that, and I'm going to continue with it tomorrow. Both of them are an attempt to destroy 
what God has done. It, 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 it is. It, it's an attempt of the devil. Uh, he comes as an angel of light with all these new good theories that are going to straighten out the problems of the world, and all they do is increase the problems of the world, because if we don't live according to God's design, we destroy ourselves. No one has to destroy us. And both Marxism and critical race theory will destroy the human race. Uh, Marxism has failed, and we're now we're putting it, uh, resurrecting it in our country again. Critical race theory is, in my mind, it's an insanity. Uh, to be sane is to see things as they are. That's it. Uh, to see things as they are. Um, for a person to be sane, it's Romans 12.4, not to think high, more highly of yourself or lower of yourself than you are. Both extremes are pride. Um, to be sane is to see things as they are. And um, uh, so critical race theory is insane. It does not see things as they are because there aren't umpteen races there is one race, the human race, and the fact that we are a variety of colors and cultures and all that is what God has done and allowed. There's nothing where human beings made in his image. He died for every single one. He didn't die for white people. He didn't die alone or black people alone or Chinese alone or anyone else alone. He died for the human race and every single soul is made in his image. Here's a definition. <clears throat> Uh, from the Encyclopedia Britannica on critical race theory. Um, it says it's an intellectual movement. Uh, well, I, I, it may be intellectual because there's thinking in it, but it is, um, it is, um, it may be intellectual, but it's not intelligent. Critical race theory the Britannica says, intellectual movement and loosely organized framework of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biological, grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but a socially constructed, that is, culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. If somebody can unscramble that sentence, it's an, it's crazy. Uh, who created people of different cultures, and did they do that? Uh, did we create our own color, uh, our own culture? Uh, did we do that in order to exploit people of color? I went to Hebrew class. I grew up, you know, in a conservative Jewish home in Brooklyn, and I went to Hebrew class in a public school. There were three languages. There was German, Hebrew, and it may be French or Latin. I forget the third. 90%, and the, the school was filled. I had 40, 45 students in, in each class. Um, and I was one of the students. And 90% of my Hebrew class was black because I was in Brooklyn. And they didn't want to take French or Latin or whatever the German, whatever the other languages were, so they took Hebrew. I found it very funny, but it was fun. 90% of the Hebrew class was black in Brooklyn. It, it's, it, what's, who, if they want to take Hebrew, that's fine. 
nobody owns that. And we were the minority as white people. We were the minority. We were minority in the neighborhood I grew up in was mostly black. We had friends. We, we weren't taught a thing wrong. We were never taught anything wrong with other people or other races. It's insane. We were taught who we were, that we were the people of God, that we had certain standards to live up to, that we needed to be consistent with who we were as God's people. Yes, had nothing to do with race or anything. I've met Jews from Ethiopia. They're God's people. They were dispersed. And they're black and they're Jewish. I'm not going to tell them they're not Jewish or they're lesser than white Jews. That thing is insane. Um, let me just see the rest of this definition. Critical race theorists hold. Now, this is from the Britannica. Critical race theorists, theorists hold that the law and legal institutions in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African-Americans. Oh, there's so much wrong with that. There's so much wrong with that. It's a, it's a lazy culture that has lost sight of God, that just wants to be served um, and take no responsibility and, uh, uh, I don't know, invent, you know, I was a jail chaplain, women's jail chaplain in Los Angeles for almost 10 years. And after the women of all races, of all races in there, after they were in that jail for so long, it became their lifestyle when they were set free uh, and they were back in Los Angeles on the streets, prostituting or anything they did. Um, every few months, they got tired of that. They wanted to come home to people that would, to their um, people that accepted them. They would get themselves arrested. There was nothing to get themselves arrested. They knew how to do that. And so they'd come back in jail. I remember once uh, I was the new chaplain there for, I, I got there in the summer months. And by several, the women were released in September, October. And by Christmas, um, they were all back. And it was a somewhat of an honor farm. They were sentenced, but just to a couple of years, uh, on more minor offenses, yet enough to go to jail for a couple of years. And they had some freedom. And they could, for an hour or two a day, they could walk the compound. And... I would be back, I would be there, and they would be arrested again, and they would run up to me, free on the compound, and they'd throw their arms around, Chaplain Moss, hi, we missed you. And I said, what are, you, what are you doing back here? And they'd say, Chaplain, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, Chaplain. We don't want to be out on the streets getting murdered or sold by our pimps and all that. It's, it's Christmas, Chaplain. They want to be home with their friends where they're safe. It's the, it's the um, inmates' holiday inn. Clean beds, food. Uh, we bring in special things for them at Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas, Chaplain. We want to be home. Unbelievable. Eye-opening for me. Eye-opening for me. And I tell you, it, it came to be that when they didn't come back, I got worried about them, and I would ask the other inmates, where's this one, where's that one? And I would learn that they were shot and killed or committed suicide or something like that. Amazing. Just amazing. Broke my heart. 
And I see the same thing with critical race theory. What are you doing? You don't know who you are. You don't know how loved you are. You don't know your identity. You're destroying yourselves. And you're asking people to destroy you, to believe you. The worst thing that could happen to you is that you get the majority of citizens to believe that you're oppressed and that whites are anti-racist or racist, rather. If you're white, you're automatically racist. It's just insane. Um, So, Ed, um, what I think about Marxism and critical race theory is that they are evil concoctions of the devil himself to destroy the human race. He's tried to destroy it through the devil in the garden, through... um, Uh, every form of evil throughout 2,000 years, 4,000, 6,000 years um, since the garden. And he can't succeed. Um, He won't succeed, but he can do a good job. So again, I said earlier, when uh, gender identity and transgenderism and so-called same-sex marriage and... um, Uh, homosexuality, all of that is approved by society. It's the death of society. And that's only what the devil wants. Critical race theory is such uh, a mindless movement to self-destruct themselves and the world that if they could think and they once began to understand who God is and how loved they are, they would abandon it. They would absolutely abandon it. Okay, let me see now. Um, So sorry, I think here it is. All right, so um, Ed, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, uh, Again, Marxism, it's, it's, um, it's the human race giving up. It it wants to eliminate. So, um, Critical race theory is separating people by class and saying they're all against, that the white supremacist, uh, white people are against them all. Marxism eliminates class um, so that everybody is equal and everybody has the same. And again, they're mindless. There's no ingenuity. There's no, everything is given to them. And they're ruled by a class of people. And they have no responsibility. They don't have to think. No entrepreneurship. Nothing. It's also to ruin ruin the human race. People, I was in Russia when uh, communism and the wall fell. And they, they don't know what to do when they're free. They don't know what to do. They haven't been trained to, to value um, freedom and responsibility. So it's, it's pretty awful, Ed. And now you can go online and read much more about critical race theory than was available when you sent your email. <clears throat> we have an email from David who says, Mother, how does one go about speaking their mind on controversial topics such as transgenderism, homosexuality, Black Lives Matter, etc., without fear of being chastised? Well... I just did. I just spoke my mind, and I have no fear of being chastised. Zero. Um, if, if, you know, children are afraid of being chastised, um, 
but we're not children. We're not afraid of being chastised. Um, we might be criticized. We might be um, come against for our views. Uh, there might be uh, consequences, but chastisement is for children. No way. Um, I just spoke my mind, and I could have consequences of it. But I'm not speaking out emotionally. Um, I'm not uh, speaking against certain people as much as certain ideologies that are insane and that will destroy and are destroying the human race. If you speak the truth, David, you should have no fear of the consequences. David says, nowadays it seems like someone is waiting around every corner to criticize Catholics for living our beliefs in this crazy world. Hallelujah. Every Catholic should be criticized um, for living their faith in this crazy world. St. Peter said, if you uh, live righteously in this world, you will be persecuted. If no one's coming against you, shame on you because you're not living your faith. So you must live your faith in this world and not be afraid of it. Be more concerned with the salvation of souls than you are of people coming against you. They went against Christ to the point of death. Don't be afraid. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. of the cross we proudly bring the truths of the catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices and we're grateful for the feedback we've received i grew up catholic church haven't been in the catholic church for decades but i'm in the process of working my way back for the simple reason that i needed a place to listen to pro-life pro-family messages catholic radio is it it's a place to hear that message without all the political bias and all that that's going on on news talk radio it changed my life it's the only station i turn on the Catholic station is an answer to prayer. It just couldn't be more fulfilling. It's helped me learn more about the faith, and it's helped me to deepen my faith as a result of that. It's on continuously in my house, day and night. You can't imagine how much I receive from that channel. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. Our lines are wide open still. You're free and welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Uh, Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Jessica who writes, Hi, Mother Miriam. I was wondering if you have a favorite Bible verse and or hymn. Um, I love reading new verses and hearing new hymns. So I'd love to hear any good suggestions uh, you may have. And I'm always almost certain that you will. Thank you and God bless you, Jess. Jess, I absolutely have some favorites, and I actually have a favorite hymn, yes. Um, the first one that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9. Eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that are in store for those who love him. I love that verse. The other verse is uh, from John chapter 6, I think it may be verse 37. Um, Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. That's it. Why do I love that? Because that's hope for every soul. Whoever comes to me, I will not. Whoever. Have you committed uh, 20 murders and everything else, broken all the commandments and all of that? Whoever comes to me, repentant, looking for salvation, I will not cast out. And there's a third. Um, Oh, yes, it's my favorite psalm, actually. It's Psalm 73 in the new rendering, or if you have an older Bible, it's Psalm 72. Uh, King David um, is complaining to God about all the the, uh, unfaithful, unbelieving people who are rich and everything is terrific with them and uh, he's one of God's people and he doesn't have the money the others, he doesn't have the success the others, and he's, he's, they don't get chastised for their sins, and what's with that? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then David says he went into the temple before God and he came to his senses. He was like an animal before God. But he went into the temple and came to, came to his senses. And the last uh, verse of that, Psalm 73 says, and this is my favorite, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee I desire none on earth. My heart and my flesh may fail, but thou art the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Absolutely love it. And my favorite hymn... <clears throat> through all my Protestant years, has been Ferris Lord Jesus. And then I came into the Catholic Church and found out it's Catholic. Ferris Lord Jesus, I would like to sing it for you because I love it so much, but I'll spare you that. Ferris Lord Jesus, rule of, of all nature, O thou of God and man the Son, thee will I cherish, thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy, and crown. And the next two verses go on to speak about uh, all of creation. Uh, Jesus shines brighter. He shines purer than all the angels heaven can boast. And the last verse says, Beautiful Savior, Lord of all the nations, Son of God and Son of Man, glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forevermore be thine. 
Let me give you a taste of the of just the beginning melody so that you could say, Oh, I know that one. Fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, oh thou of God and man the Son, thee will I cherish, thee will I honor, thou my soul's glory, joy and crown. I might be put off the air for daring to sing that to you with this sore throat or clogged throat and cold. So sorry if I hurt your ears, but I wanted you to to um, to get it. And and I think many of you know that it's so. It's fairest Lord Jesus. It's also under the title of beautiful Savior. Jessica, dear one, thanks for answering that. You brought a good moment into the program here. <clears throat> Uh, We have an email from Martin who says, Do we know when the first Mass was celebrated? I am just now diving deeper into my faith, and I am trying to learn more about the history. Martin, that's a fabulous question. The answer is yes. Not just I, but we know. The whole Catholic world knows when the first Mass was celebrated. The Mass is the fulfillment of the Passover in the Old Testament where the Jewish people sat down and recounted their redemption from slavery in Egypt and they had all the elements on the table to represent um, all that went on during that time the the parsley salt water for the tears they shed and um, Horoseth, it's called, it's a mixture of apples and nuts and all of dates um, to create the mortar with which they built the bricks, all that in the Passover table. But the most important thing was the lamb. They had to take, in the Passover, Exodus chapter 12, they had to take a lamb, a male, one-year-old, perfect lamb without blemish or spot because God was going to send the angel of death over Egypt as the 10th plague that night that Pharaoh would set the Israelites free and the angel of death would put to death all the firstborn in every home, um, which would be the eldest son, including Pharaoh's son. But the houses of Israel needed to take a one-year-old perfect lamb without spot or blemish to represent a perfect offering for a perfect holy God. They were to kill the lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the lentils which was the crossbar of the doors. And when the angel of death would fly over that house that night, um, all the firstborn in Egypt would be killed except the houses that had the blood of the lamb on the door because the lamb was killed instead of the firstborn. The lamb, the blood of the lamb, death came to that house, but the firstborn was spared because they put to death their perfect one-year-old lamb and at the Last Supper in, in, the, in the scriptures, it was the last Passover of the Old Covenant and the first Passover, which is the Mass of the New Covenant, where all the disciples sat, sat down with Jesus to the Passover meal. And Jesus took up, um, and they would have had a lamb on that table. And Jesus, at the time... Um, Oh, my goodness, there's so much to say here, and we only have a minute left. He took matzah. He took the unleavened bread of the Passover table, and he held it up, 
and he, which is called the bread of affliction in the Passover. And he held up the bread as the Jewish homes would hold up the matzah of affliction, the bread of affliction. Um, and he said, holding that matzah, that bread, unleavened bread, he said, this is my body. And bread obeyed and became his body. He held up the wine and he said, this is my blood. And blood, wine obeyed and became his blood. And he said the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. And at every Mass, dear ones, when the priest says the words of consecration, this is my body, this is my blood, it's Jesus, the, the high priest and the victim, saying those words through the human priest, this is my body, this is my blood. And just at the last Passover, which was the very first Mass, bread and wine become his body and blood and uh, what happened on Calvary is brought through time and happens on every altar of every Catholic church throughout the world and will till the end of time. Martin is a beautiful, that's a beautiful question. Read Scott Hahn's book, The Last Supper. God bless all of you and we'll speak with you tomorrow.